Welcome to the It Was a Thing on TV podcast, episode two, submission 002, Mr. Smith, which aired on NBC from September 23rd of 1983 to December 16th of 1983 for a total of 13 episodes. And Greg Diener is back here again. Hello, Greg. Uh, hello, and I've, Mike, we have our third co-host with us for the very first time on this podcast. Yes, the third half of this podcast is with us. Finally! <laughs> Finally, the it's third, the, the one and only Chico Alexander. The third half of the, third half of the uh, podcast that is the... Uh, this part of the third trilogy. I don't know. How, I don't know how this is going to work here. The math works somehow. I don't know how we got there. Well, you're the math teacher, so yeah. Oh, sure. Put it on me. Uh, so we're here today to talk about Mr. Smith. This is sort of a segue from uh, last week because uh, Mr. Smith, we first found out about it when watching these Match Game Hollywood Squares reruns maybe about three weeks ago. And they had many questions about Mr. Smith, which in turn made us have many questions about Mr. Smith. And we have some answers. Uh, unfortunately, we're not going to talk much about the show itself because there just isn't a video out there. Oh, and, no. and Greg actually had an idea for that. Tell him your idea. Oh, my idea is we should, after this episode, and I found out that Mr. Smith is owned by Paramount Television, which means it's in the CBS Viacom family. So after this episode, Mike, I'm going to go down to the CBS offices. I'm going to go down to pick it in front of the CBS offices, demanding we want Mr. Smith on CBS All Access. Or at least or, or at least on Hulu or, or Netflix or, or Amazon Prime, someplace that the masses can enjoy this for the hey, first hey, time hey, in 36 years. Hey, Mike, if they, if they can reboot the XFL, I'm sure they can reboot Mr. Smith. Well, in the course of team... Can I bring something up here? Absolutely. The chair, uh, the chair said, recognizes the you chairman. You said Mr. Smith is owned by CBS Viacom, right? Yes. So is Pluto TV. Oh! oh. Right? Right? Uh, I see where he's going. Mr. Smith on a uh, Mr. Smith channel on Pluto TV, the same 13 episodes run over and over and over again. I'd watch it. <laughs> I just know you just would, thought... would anybody else. Uh, no. Um, have you seen and... the obscure stuff they have on Pluto? Uh, yes, I, yes, sir, I have. 
Yeah, they got obscure stuff on Pluto. It's called Buzzer. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so about Mr. Smith, um, Mr. Smith is another attempt to use simian creatures on television with marginal success. Uh, there was J. Fred Muggs on the Today Show back in the 50s. And uh, you had in the 70s, early 70s, you had Lancelot Link, which lasted all 13 episodes. Oh, maybe we might have another entry there somewhere down the road. Uh, and uh, there's been other uh, instances of using monkeys, gorillas, apes on TV shows. Obviously, Friends had Marcel. Not that Marcel did anything besides act like a little monkey. But 1983's Mr. Smith was a little different because Mr. Smith really was the main character. Uh, briefly, Mr. Smith, and I'm taking this from the 1983 TV Guide Fall Preview. Oh, by the way, which had Mr. Smith as one of three characters on the cover. So if that didn't say that NBC wasn't like banking everything on this, nothing does. Uh, well, all it, it, was a, it's a, it, it wouldn't be the biggest. Uh, gamble NBC ever paid. No, no, definitely not the biggest. The, that comes down the line, I think. That that that's spoiler. That's a later date. We know what we're talking about. Uh, but now, Mr. Smith, um, in addition to being on the fall TV preview ep uh, installment of TV Guide in 1983, he also had his own cover. So in the yep. in the span of three months, this bum got on the cover of TV Guide twice. And and Joni Loves Chachi only got on once. Where is there justice in this world? Now, I don't know about that, but it, it's just amazing how much NBC pushed this. And we're going to get into that in a second. Uh, I do want to uh, read the, the capsule that uh, NBC, or uh, rather TV Guide, has here for Mr. Smith, which probably will sum up the show and give you enough information that you know, all the information you need to know. The star of this series, Mr. Smith, has an IQ of 256, plays chess, and writes treatises on thermonuclear dynamics. Okay, I need to compose myself. Oh, you'll you'll, you'll see why you'll see why he's laughing in a moment, friends. Well, as Alfred Hitchcock might say, you can imagine the producers had to scour Hollywood for an actor who could simulate intelligence. Ha, 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 ha. The result of their search is pictured at right. Mr. Smith is a talking orangutan who, in an ambitious attempt to make Washington even funnier than it is, works as a special uh, consultant to the U.S. government, helping out with little problems like MX missile policy, with uh, with a premise like that, it's safe to assume we'll hear a, a, a monkey joke or two. Mr. Smith works for Peanuts. <laughs> TV guy actually wrote that. Mr. Smith works for Peanuts. As our hairy hero copes with his dumb but likable owner, Tammy. Maybe it's Timmy. It looks like it's, Tammy. I, I think it's, it's Tommy. 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 Okay. Well, it would be kind of weird for a person named Tammy to be played by Tim Dunnigan. Uh, Tommy's little sister, Ellie, Laura Jacoby, 
a pretty psychologist, Tracy, and a, I can't read that word, maybe malicious. I can't see what that word is. Liaison man, no. Uh, well, it, it, Leonard Fry was not malicious. Uh, a liaison well, man. How do we know this? Because there's no episodes on YouTube. Yeah, there's no footage, so how would we know? Well, we got an open, but the open doesn't have Leonard Fry. Uh, but yeah, he is uh, some sort of delicious liaison man, Raymond Leonard Fry. Raymond is on the prickly side. But who wouldn't be playing second banana to an ape? Maybe he was the Dr. Smith to the uh, robot. Yeah, There's the Dr. Smith to the Mr. Smith. He, he was the Dr. Smith to the Mr. Smith. <laughs> or, or the Dr. Smith to the Mr. Who or something like that. Um, but <laughs> So the one thing that I noticed regarding the episodes, at least the episode guides, the the listing of the shows, the episode names themselves, it, it's sort of like a precursor to, to Monk. If you've ever seen Monk, it's always Mr. Monk gets a colonoscopy, Mr. Monk visits the moon, Mr. Monk finds his long-lost brother. That's sort of the case here, except for a number of episodes. Uh, the first episode, actually the first two episodes, it's a two-parter. Welcome to Washington, part one and part two. But then, Mr. Smith finds his brother. More about that in a bit, right, Greg? Yes. Oh, oh yes. yes. That will be so great. I can't wait to <laughs> tell you all about Mr. Smith's brother. Mr. Smith operates. Uh, and actually, I, I found the, uh, the capsule from uh, one of the TV magazines about that. Mr. Smith was actually like making recommendations for an operation on a CIA or FBI agent. I'm not even kidding. Uh, oh, here we go. Talking about finds his brother. Number five, Mr. Smith rescues Bobo. Bobo. Number six, Mr. Smith falls in love. Aw. Aw. Because, because that's what you do when you're a monkey working. When you're a monkey with high intelligence working in Washington with monkeys of low intelligence you fall in love well was mr smith making love to was falling in love with a human or was he falling in love with a fellow orangutan i'm gonna guess falling in love with a human that'd be pretty weird uh greg do you really want me to go search while we're doing this i can and i will oh jesus i shouldn't have said anything uh, 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 greg i just want while mike is looking for that i just want to point out one thing you just mentioned a monkey falling in love with a human as weird. Because, yeah. because a talking monkey with a 256 IQ is not weird. No, it's absolutely normal, of course. Uh, <laughs> and actually, I, I, I'm sorry, I have the, the capsule from TV Guide for I that. Just, I just... I just wanted to say when you were when you said Mr. Monk finds his long lost lover, I was almost chuckling a bit in the background because I was picturing the thought of Tony Shalhoub trying to find his long lost brother. Well, Mike, I have a TV guide listing in front of me on that episode regarding the surgery. Do you want me to? Oh, read you it? you mean episode four, Mr. Smith operates? Yes. Here, all right. Here it is, and I am not making any of this up. In the plot description. 
Mr. Smith disagrees with a top brain surgeon, and it has the actor's name, which I'm not making up, Olaf Pooley. What a name! Mr. Smith disagrees with a top brain surgeon about a risky surgical procedure planned for an important space scientist. Okay, a, a monkey talking to a brain surgeon, I, I'm... I, I don't know how to... That That's just too crazy. Also, if you're the brain surgeon, and you're get, Why would you be getting advice from, a, from an orangutan with a high IQ? It's like, you're the expert brain surgeon... Why are you taking advice from this from this simian? Because apparently he doesn't know any better. Remember, he's a doctor. Because it's 1983 NBC. Enough said. Yeah. Uh, so, so Mr. Smith falls in love. I found the capsule for that. Okay. Mr. Smith falls for a female orangutan who gives TV weather forecasts. Wait, what? Because, wait, it gets better than that. <laughs> Wait, there's more. <laughs> Let me repeat that without laughter because save it for the end. Mr. Smith falls for a female orangutan who gives TV weather forecasts, but she in turn falls for Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> gotten halfway through all the, the episode titles. Uh, after Mr. Smith falls in love and, and then Bobo steals uh, the, the, the female TV forecasting, weather forecasting orangutan away, we have number seven, Mr. Smith gets a physical. Uh, also in that same episode, Mr. Smith rips off a doctor's face after the doctor says, turn your head and cough. Oh God, that and sounds painful. <laughs> Imagine how it was for, for Mr. Smith. Uh, number eight, goodbye, Mr. Smith. But he's not gone because that's episode eight. We still have three, uh, five to go. Number yes. nine, Mr. Smith loses a friend. And I think that when I actually saw the capsule for that too, I think Mr. Smith actually gives a eulogy at a funeral. I'm not even kidding. Number 10, Mr. Smith plays Cyrano. Again, Steve Burke did it better five years later. Number 11, Mr. Smith makes a commercial. Number 12, Mr. Smith goes public. And the final episode, which apparently didn't air, or at least there's no date attached to it, Mr. Smith goes to court. I can only imagine what that was about. This is why this is why we need Mr. Smith on the, one of these streaming services. We need to find out why Mr. Smith went to court. And, and after that, Mr. Smith went bye bye. Mr. Smith says goodbye. The unaired 14th episode. 
Mr. Smith says bye bye, and we don't know what happened to Bobo. Did he run off with the weather predicting orangutan? Who knows? Did they end up on cheaters 17 years later? Who knows? Okay. Do you want me to discuss Bobo now? Tell us about Bobo, please. Okay. Well, a a while back, maybe a week or two ago, me and Mike were searching for pictures of stupid television shows in preparation for this podcast for potential topics. And one of the photos we found was from Mr. Smith. And it's a picture of Leonard Fry with Mr. Smith and his brother, Bobo. Now, I'm going to read to you the back of this picture. Okay? And you found this on... This is what you found on eBay. Yes. All right. NBC this is Bobo. one nearly one of us bought on eBay. Oh, you, you damn bet. I was considering buying this. NBC Photo, Press Department, 30 Rock, New York, New York. And the, and the, and the title for this is, What a Family! Exclamation point. All in caps. Okay. Lovable talking genius Mr. Smith and his slower brother Bobo. Let me read it. Mr. Smith and his slower brother Bobo give Mr. Smith's personal secretary, Raymond Hoyk, Leonard Fry, plenty to worry about between national crises and playful antics in the imaginative new comedy series, Mr. Smith, Fridays, 8, 8.30 p.m. New York time, premiering this fall on NBC. Boom, boom, boom. And actually, that was... Well, the more offensive description of, of, of Bobo, the, the slow brother. Uh, the other places I've seen him called dim-witted, which is a little more cor- correct, let's say, politically correct. So, yeah, um, I'm sort of flabbergasted. I don't know where to go with this now. And, and well, let me describe the picture. The picture, Bobo is completely naked wearing a hat. Because aren't we all... But Mr. Smith is at least dressed in a suit. Well, well, oh, Bobo's we dim-witted. He, he doesn't know how to dress himself, apparently. Oh, my gosh. Um, I, I don't know how to top that, so we're just going to move on. Uh, Mr. Smith was probably, and, 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 and Greg and I were talking about this, the best way of comparing this, uh, the amount of promotion that went into Mr. Smith, is how much promotion NBC NBC gave Whitney back in 2012, 2011. Yeah. 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 Where they just like pushed it down your throat, and that show Whitney lasted two seasons at most. And if you ask Greg, it's one of the least funny shows ever. Oh, it's one. Of, it's it's one of the worst. That's and then after the first commercial break. And, and then the show that she actually created, Two Broke Girls. I think Greg thinks the same of that, and I definitely do. I I cannot stand Two Broke Girls, and that lasted five years. Well, Mike, there is there are two reasons why that show lasted five years, and you know what they are. Yes, I do. It's Cat Dennings. Cat Dennings, the left one, and Cat Dennings, the right one. Oh, my. 
Um, so yeah, the are, are you trying to say that Cat Dennings has enormous talent? Yes. Amazing because talents. She, because she does, you know, she's a genuinely funny individual. Oh, she! I'm not doubting that at all. You know, I almost feel like I should pull up the the screen grab of from Mash Game Hollywood Squares this week of Leonard Fry holding the card that says boobies on it. <laughs> um, so yeah, about the NBC hype machine. Oh my gosh! I mean, they did everything to make this show succeed. And actually, this show should be this episode of the uh, of the podcast, rather not the, Mr. Smith, but this episode should be called like too hyped to fail yet it did because nbc did all sorts of stuff to um to generate interest uh first as we've mentioned last week match game hollywood squares there are so many mentions of mr smith mr smith mr smith there's questions about mr smith there's answers of mr smith and again that sort of brought us to looking at what is mr smith and then we went down that rabbit hole, and and this is the result of it. And uh, specifically, uh, I think Greg w- has uh, had been anticipating something happening for the last month or so, or three weeks. And uh, here it is. This comes from this past uh, Monday uh, on Buzzer. Uh, this past Monday, the the 14th of October. fantastic that was the greatest thing gene wood has ever said ever said in his entire career as i said and it was worth all the hype you are looking forward to that and you and your only regret is that we only heard that for four days because that was the thanksgiving week oh but there was something even better that week oh what 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 oh where oh well <laughs> Did you did you happen to catch on the Wednesday show? And we're gonna bring this up that Gene brings up to Leonard that they that Leonard and Mr. Smith were going to be in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And that's actually the next thing I wanted to talk about. <laughs> uh, yes, Leonard Fry and Mr. Smith, they were in the. NBC Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in 1983. And, I mean, this is going to be a totally separate episode in and of itself. But, like, the entire Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade that year was, like, only NBC stars. Only NBC cartoons. If you looked at it, I mean, yes, they had Mr. uh, Smith and Leonard Fry. There was Bowser, or rather John Bauman, I should say. He was a little more professional at the time from Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour. There was the cast of We've Got It Made on a Float, another show that didn't last much longer than Thanksgiving of 1983. Hello. Mike, Mike, we had Matt McCoy singing at the parade. 
Yes, yes, we did. But still, it's another show that barely uh, lasted past Thanksgiving. It would be rebooted later, which, again, might be another episode. Wink, 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 wink. Um, and, and you had, oh, Care Bears and Shirt Tails. And I don't think the Smurfs were on there. I think the, weren't the, wait, I'm trying to think, weren't the Care Bears on another network? They might have been syndicated, if I think. Care Bears... I don't think the cartoon was out in 83. I think it was like 84 the Care Bears came out. So so maybe there were free agents at the time. Um, but I mean, like, the only thing that's missing, and this might be an anachronism, is like, where's the friggin' snorks? That, yeah, that is an anachronism. That, that's, I, yeah. that's a year later? I think we're about three years away from the snorks. No! The snorks wasn't 86. I'm I'm wikiing that now. Uh, I I'm on so, wiki right now. Snorks was the next year in '84. Yes, yeah, September oh. of '84, and it lasts until '89. Damn. Okay, we we must have been very bored as kids back in the mid '80s. Wow. Okay, and they did have Alvin and the Chipmunks, and Alvin and the Chipmunks had premiered on uh, NBC Saturday mornings in '83. So again, like everything they showed, uh, every it was all NBC. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, so, so uh, Mr. Smith and, and Leonard Fry were in a vehicle in the parade, and this could be found at about an hour and 31 minutes into the parade. You can find it on YouTube. They didn't sing. It looked like all they were doing was waving. It's like, okay, we're not even good enough to sing. Just watch us next uh, tomorrow night, Friday night. It's the episode. Oh, let me see what episode was on. Oh, gosh. I hope, I hope he was getting a physical that night. Uh, no, it was Mr. Smith plays Cyrano. Oh, yes. Come, come watch tomorrow night to see Mr. Smith with a giant nose. <laughs> now, hold on. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just morbidly curious. I've got to see if that's what he really... Okay. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Yes, I found it. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, I thought I found something else too. Uh, Tommy asks Mr. Smith for courtship advice after falling for a lovely doctor. Now wait a second. How old was Tim Tommy on this show? Because I, I thought you know just based on the name Tommy, with all due respect to to well, Tommy, Tim, see a good well, friend of ours. Is, well, Tommy was played by Tim Zedigan before I, th- I think it was like five years, five or six years. Before Captain Power and like two or three years after the A Team. Okay, Timmy would have been Timmy. Timmy Tim D- Tommy. Tim Tim Dunnigan. That's his name. Tim Dunnigan he, was one in fifty-five, so he would have been twenty-eight at the time. Yeah, Tim Dunnigan had Dirk Benedict's role from the A Team in the pilot, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, you, your name's not Tommy unless you're Tommy Z at age twenty-eight. You're Tom. You're Thomas. But so, yeah, Tommy asks Mr. Smith for courtship advice after falling for a lovely doctor. Aww. Um, I'm going to puke in a second. Um, and and I'm looking at the ratings for uh, the week before. Uh, yeah, Mr. Smith was 60th out of 64 shows. Jennifer Slept Here was 61st. <laughs> 
Oh, and for Greg, Goodnight Beantown was 56th. Oh, yeah. That's another thing. If you, if you happen to watch the Friday episode of Mash Game Hollywood Squares uh, uh, this past week, which would have been the Monday episode of Week 5, because as we mentioned, the week Leonard Fry was on Week 4 that aired this week, this past week on Buzzer, there were only four episodes because it was Thanksgiving week. Yeah. But they more than made up for it with the uh, references to the Macy's Day Parade on the Wednesday show. Oh, and apparently Manimal didn't air that week. Oh, darn. I think it was already on hiatus at that point, Mike. No, 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 because I told uh, going through the ratings, we haven't even talked about this yet. Mr. Smith started uh, its premiere week in 47th place. Now, again, mind you, it's out of probably 64, 65 shows. But by the end of its run, its final week, it was 63rd out of 65 shows. Only being, uh, only beating a TV show called First Camera, whatever that is, and that's perpetually at the bottom of the ratings in, in 83 from what I've seen. And it uh, also beat out an, an ABC News special about the Pope and his Vatican. I wish I was kidding. So from the sound of it, he was like, it was the absolute worst performing scripted show on that week. So uh, we talked about Thanksgiving Day Parade. We talked about Match Game Hollywood Squares. Oh, wait, did you talk about the 900 number? You beat me to it. We're going to talk about a 900 number. A 900 Uh, number, Mike? Yeah, a, a 900 number. And this is actually where the image that you see for this episode came from. Uh, There was a 900 number, 940 Smith. So that would be 900407. What's the M at? Six. Six. So six four seven or six four eight four. No, six four eight four. Yeah. So that number was a Mr. Smith hotline where at 50 cents a crack, you can call and get some sort of like insider scoop on Mr. Smith. Not like the, the Corey and Corey hotline of the eighties where, Oh, he, he, he loves, you know, playing volleyball in the rain. No, no. Like spoilers for the next episode. Yeah. Spoiler. Mr. Smith's getting a physical and he rips off the doctor's face when the doctor says, turn your head and cough. Um, but, but the funny thing is, well, first off, the screen grab, it says that it's the second the, the second uh, message from Mr. Smith. So there was one before it and presumably more after it. It's something interesting I found in the course of researching for today's show. Uh, it has to do with NBC and, and 900 numbers. Uh, sometime around September, maybe August of of 1983 NBC ran the Godfather and they had uh, a 900 number where you could uh, call. What was that? No, uh, they, they invited. Plenty uh, for you to take to work in the morning. Oh, it was the Godfather probably. They invited uh, listeners to call your Godfather and the number was what we just said, 900-407-6484. So apparently, 
if you look at this, they use the same number for the Godfather that they use for Mr. Smith. So they had plans to use this number all along. It isn't just happenstance, just coincidence that 904076484 is the Godfather number. However, the Godfather uh, phone line was a huge success. 160,000 callers or over 160,000 callers called that number at a cost of 50 cents a piece. Whoa, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of bananas. As Gene Snyder would say, $80,000. You heard that, man, $80,000. Then NBC unfurled promos where viewers can call Mr. Smith. Smith is the orangutan hero of one of the network's fall debuting shows. Because, of course, it is. Uh, also, just about Mr. Smith, apparently, we, we joke about it, but apparently, and this is from a, a TV critic, the pilot episode was extremely well done. Those exact three words, extremely well done. The dialogue was crisp and funny. The technical tricks equally good, but one had to wonder how long such gimmickry would hold viewers' interest. I'd say about 13 weeks. If that. Uh, but an- another reason that uh, Mr. Smith died, not I shouldn't say died, his demise, we talked about the ratings, 47th to begin, and then down to third worst uh, TV show on uh, the week of its final episode. Uh, it, it had to do with the night of the week it aired, but also it had to air, uh, to do with what also aired on NBC that night. And I'm going to use the uh, numbers from the week, uh, that last week of of Mr. Smith. So Mr. Smith was 63rd out of 65 shows. After Mr. Smith was Jennifer Slept Here. And Jennifer Slept Here was rated 61st that week. And then after Jennifer Slept Here was Manable. That was 59th that week. Uh, and, and that was on the Friday lineup. That that was Friday night on NBC, which really historically not a lot of people watch TV because they're going to see movies, they're going out, they're doing anything but staying home. The thing is, NBC's fortunes would actually change the following year and, and two years later. Uh, specifically on Friday nights, you had Miami Vice. I mean, Miami Vice is the the consummate 80s show. Oh, yes, would, that's would, when you yeah. think of the 80s, you think of Miami Vice. Yep. Rebox, no socks, baby. MTV Cops. But also, and this is uh, another interesting little tidbit I dug up while doing actual show prep. The voice of Mr. Smith. The voice of Mr. Smith was done by Ed Weinberger. You should know the name, but if you don't, uh, about a year later, he co-created probably the biggest show in the 80s and probably one of the the biggest shows of all time if it wasn't for the legacy that the main star of the show created. Uh, Ed Weinberger created The Cosby Show. And Amen and, and Dear John and a couple other shows. But 12 months later... Ed Weinberger would create The Cosby Show, which 
was number one in the ratings from basically its entire run from 84 until uh, 1992. So -hmm. when you hear Mr. Smith's voice on those reruns, Greg's going to get that's Ed Weinberger, the guy that co-created Cosby show. And I got some sad news, Mike. I looked up Ed Weinberger's Wikipedia. There is nothing about Mr. Smith on his Wikipedia. Well, I didn't say that I found it on Wikipedia. Well, first off, we know Wikipedia is not always correct. Wait, what do you mean Mr. Smith had an IQ of 74 and, and, and picked his nose the entire show? Darn Wikipedia. Wait, Bobo had the IQ of 256. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. You just... Bobo is not the name of a person who has a, an IQ of 256 or or even 156. That's a, a stereotypical name of somebody that have an IQ of 56. I, that's horrible now that I think about it. Poor Bobo. Well, and he, and he, and to, to, to label him as slow in the press release. Oh, come on, NBC. What the heck? Well, he's heck no Mr. Th- Smith, that's for sure. What the heck were you thinking, Green Tinker? Well, he wouldn't be around much longer. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, it, it died after 13 weeks, three months. And its legacy would live on a little bit, a little bit. We talked about Match Game Hollywood Squares. Leonard Fry still made appearances on Match Game Hollywood Squares long after Mr. Smith uh, got canceled. I want to say he was on at least three or four more weeks, and he was just identified as, as Leonard Fry. Not to take anything away from Leonard Fry, but his resume is, like, really, really bland. Uh, he earned a supporting Oscar nomination in 1971 for Fiddler on the Roof, and then Mr. Smith, the end. I mean, that's essentially what his his resume is, sadly. I mean, he did, you know, bit appearances, cameos. Uh, I saw he was on uh, on Murder, She Wrote. But uh, he was not on many shows, at least in a lead capacity. Uh, and unfortunately, not to put a, a sour note on all this, Leonard Fry did pass away in 1988, uh, just before the age of 50. He, he was 49. So, unfortunately, we don't know what Leonard Fry could have done because he had... Uh, such a reasonably short life. Uh, But yeah, the legacy uh, with Match Game Hollywood Squares, supposedly, even after Mr. Smith had been canceled, Match Game Hollywood Squares was still doing jokes about Mr. Smith. Whether NBC liked this or not is another story, but it did prove, yeah, I would assume it was good fodder for for laughter. Yeah. even though they could have done manimal jokes, they could have done Jennifer Slutier jokes. I think the reason that they picked Mr. Smith is because this was the big show. This was promoted so much between the 900 number, the Thanksgiving Day Parade. You heard what I uh, said, uh, TV critics said about the pilot, that it was well done, and it just fell on its face. And... uh, Sadly, all there is for us to see is a one-minute opening from the TV show, which you heard earlier. And, and there's a bunch of promos for the Friday night lineup, including Mr. Smith on YouTube. Yeah, but there's no actual footage in terms of 
like like from the show itself. Nobody wanted to waste that expensive videotape in 1983 salvaging one minute of this. Well, they did salvage one minute, but not two minutes. Uh, and we talked about NBC's horrible lineups, at least up until yeah. Miami Vice. But Miami Vice is on at 10 o'clock, though, so I'm going to give it a bit of a pass there. But the shows that followed on Friday night for ages on NBC might be covered on this podcast in the future. Uh, specifically, I'm thinking of Misfits of Science, which came in 85. I, I can't think of many more, but the thing is, NBC never really had a hit on Friday nights outside of Miami Vice. Nope. I think we'll have to do more research on that. I'm sure every, uh, a lot of stuff that aired between 8 and 10 on Friday nights Maybe since 83. Well, I mean, nowadays, Dateline, it's a Dateline at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock, and oh, that's oh, been running Keith, forever. It's Keith Morris in town on Friday night, baby. Would you please take a seat over there? Thank you. No, that, no, 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 no. That is... No, that's, uh, that's Chris Hansen, I know, but it's yeah. still in the Dateline family. No, but Keith Morrison's the, oh, so you what? Oh, so you witnessed the murder, huh? Wild. Spoiler, the boyfriend did it. Ah. But but yeah, we, we talked about um about Manimal and Jennifer slept here. Should I say it, Greg? What? That we're covering those two shows in the next two episodes? Oh yeah, we should. We should definitely say it. Okay. Next week we are covering Manimal. And actually, it's a two-parter, Manimal, and we're going to cover Auto Man because there's a little bit of overlapping between the two. Even though technically Auto Man was not an NBC show. Even though yeah, if, it, was if, on, it was on ABC and it was on a different network at a different time. It, it, it was on a different network, a different time, ABC, uh, but it was equally bad. Yeah. Uh, actually, it was, it was it was actually laughable. I, I've seen. I told Greg this, and I told Chico this. I saw something on YouTube. Uh, I think actually Chuck Wagner posted like 10 minutes from Auto Man. And I turned it off after five minutes because I couldn't just watch the, uh, just see how stupid and insipid it was. <laughs> I can only imagine Mike watching Auto Man and five minutes in, <laughs> leaving the room like, nope, nope, I'm not going to watch anymore. Well, guess what I'm doing is show prep for next week. Watching a full episode of Auto Man. At least making it through the 10 minutes of Auto Man. And and then we're going to talk Manimal, which... Oh, I can't wait. That's going to be and, great. And I, I, don't, I don't even know if I can make five minutes of... of uh, take five and minutes. The, of, and, the, and we're going to answer the question, is Simon McCorkadale and Chuck Wagner separated at birth? No, seriously, look at the two of them together. Does one of them look like a panther and the other looks like a jaguar? There, there's, there's another Auto Man joke in there, but I don't want to reveal uh, too much of, of the plot line for next week. So, uh, yeah, and uh, actually the week after that, number four is Jennifer Slept Here. Uh, and also, in case you're wondering, the episode numbers and the submissions aren't going to match. I'll tell you that right now, because next week is episode three, but was Manimal and Auto Man... Were they the third submission? No. 
I'm not going to tell you what number they are, but they're higher than three, higher than four. No, not five. But yeah, we'll be here next week and we're going to to suffer our way through Auto Man and Manimal as our tribute to 1983 NBC continues. Do you just hear my enthusiasm when I say 1983 NBC? Yeah, I, I, I if you were any more excited, you would be Stonehenge. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for this. You, you, I can't even tell you. I cannot wait for this week, next week's episode because oh, manimal. Can't wait to finally talk about it. Uh, yeah. oh, I'm gonna love every second of it. At, at least, at least one of us is anticipating this. Oh, uh, oh come on! I get to talk about Simon McCorkendale on the podcast. How many times am I going to talk about I'm never going to talk about Falcon Crest on the podcast. No, because this lasted forever. We can make exceptions. Well, here's well, true. We can. We're not going to, but we can make exceptions. Um, <laughs> so, uh, remember, you can find us on Twitter, on Tumblr, on Facebook, on... Instagram. Oh my gosh, I added an Instagram because apparently I want to be just as cool as the teenagers I teach at school. We're at all those with the handle it was a thing on TV. So find us at facebook.com slash it was a thing on TV, twitter.com slash it was a thing on TV, and uh, on Tumblr at it was a thing on TV.tumblr.com and at uh, Instagram at instagram.com slash it was a thing on TV. And then our main site is it was a thing on tv.podbean.com. Maybe a domain will be coming soon. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, but uh, for now, thank you to Chico, the third half of our group. I still can't get fractions right. I'm sorry. And, th- <laughs> and thank you to Greg, as always. And I'm Mike Klaus, and we'll be back next week. After suffering through Auto Man and, and Manimal. Wow. And, if, and, and if we have to suffer, you have to suffer. See you next week. <laughs>